Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing Nick getting distracted during lockdown. What have you been getting distracted with? Well, we've been, haven't we? We've for the last few months had this unique experiment where we've all been working at home, mm. um, and uh, I think we've, you know, probably all come up with our own strategies for being productive, um, and uh, we certainly all had a lot less extrinsic motivation. We haven't had bosses, you know, over our shoulders mm-hmm. watching what we do. Um, now, this is no no different, really, for me. I've spent the last most of the last five years working from home. Mm. Um, but I did. It did make me start thinking about you know this whole issue of uh, when we when we procrastinate, when we get distracted by things. Um, some of the things I've been doing, I would consider quite good forms of procrastination. So, for example, um, some some of the some of the tasks I've been doing, which which aren't strictly speaking like work related, have nevertheless involved like for example doing coding projects. Um, mm. You know, for fun, but which are actually at the end of it, I end up having learned some skills that I didn't have before. Um, and when I, you know, I've been distracted practicing the piano, for example, well, that's mm. quite, quite good. Um, and in fact, you know, sometimes you going for a walk, uh, I'll do that, you know, for a couple of hours. It's good. Those are all good forms of procrastination because I feel like at the end, like I've done something mm. or something has got better. And then, of course, you've got the, the bad forms of procrastinating, which are like browsing Reddit, doing online puzzles, playing computer games. Um, they all feel to me like bad forms of procrastination. But I mean, but what? How is that fair? Is that a fair characterization? Is it unrealistic to think that you can only do good types of procrastination? And, um, you know, and is it uh, if but if it isn't, how do you get yourself to do that? You know, how can you? How can you make uh, doing productive things um, a good distraction from doing other productive things? Mm. And also, can the absence of doing productive things be productive? Well, exactly. Like, you know, we can't be sitting there all day mm. doing productive things. So mm. well, how that's do you, not what's very productive, the, I'm no, sure, exactly. in the long term. So what's exactly? So what? But how do we get the balance right? And I, obviously, and if, if, if uh, you know, the pundits are right and we're going to be working from home more, mm. um, what can we all do to make sure we're getting this right? But also, I think there's an issue here around definitions because a couple of things there, because you talked about distractions and procrastination, um, which are not the same thing, obviously. And so some of the things that you talked about there, uh, like, for example, playing the piano, I wouldn't just de- describe that as procrastinating. Or maybe it is if if you're doing that as a displacement activity. I yeah, I, I feel like there's almost like a hierarchy yeah. of procrastination where... You know, if I've got to do a, um, if I've got to write, the thing that I really always, I could notice myself trying to avoid is writing a document, you know, from scratch. I've got a blank page. I've got to write a document. And that first sentence is really hard. Um, And so, you know, I might go and practice a piece of music on the piano. Yeah. Okay. Now, if someone said, you've got to practice this piece of music by next week. Yeah. Then I would, what would I do instead? I might play (laughs) Go write that document. Yeah, I might do. But I wouldn't. I'd I'd look for the next next thing lower down. Okay. Okay. Then then it would be, I'd probably be playing something fun on the piano or playing a computer game. Um, You know, and if, but if someone said, we really need you to play this computer game, uh, you know, for eight hours in a row by tomorrow. I would. What would I do then? I'd probably, you know, I'd probably uh, f- find some some 
you know, start doing the washing up or the ironing or something. That seems to be how it works. There's, it seems like there's a kind of trickle down from from the the, the, the the hard kind of really good things down to the things. But it, you, when something becomes something you have to do, that that's when it always seems to kick in. Okay, I mean, I think we definitely at some point we need need, need to talk about our procrastinating activities. I'm a terrible procrastinator. Um, well, you're certainly not alone. The evidence, right. the evidence yeah. suggests. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peter, anything to come in with at this point? Yeah, well, it, I, this this does reach into subjects which I I know very little about, but the sort of the ethics and morality. That's of, never stopped us before. I've so, never stopped yeah. us before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the yeah the sort of ethics and morality of of activities. I mean, you would. So there's it, 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 like you know you know you kind of get a good intuitive feeling of of what is good and right yeah. inverted commas when you see it but trying to put a universal definition on things i think is probably impossible i don't think there are such things as sort of universal uh universal sort of ethics uh, universal kind of virtues or vices um because uh, it, 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 you can, you can. It's relatively easy to imagine situations where actually, uh, it, it's it's entirely de- culturally dependent. What is what is right and what is wrong? It's the the certain norms which drive certain rights and wrongs. Um, so like, this the, this goodness. Um, how how do we define the goodness? I think is a key the key question. Me as a sort of as a, a fairly diehard utilitarian yeah. would say really it's anything that makes you kind of happy. Yeah. Um, but the, with with a caveat though that you have to bear in mind that certain short term fixes, like so, watching that YouTube video that's got about cats yeah. might make you happy and giggle that in that moment. Yeah. But that might be preventing you from doing something more long term and more beneficial in the long run, like writing the report. Yeah. Um. So you have to be you have to you have to find some way of measuring how how useful that thing is to you. This is. It sounds close to, and we've talked about this before, pleasure versus happiness as well. It's quite pleasing looking at that cat falling off a thing, but does it bring you happiness in the long term? Yeah. Just getting that report done and earning mega bucks because of it. I, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, now that seems to me like the, that's what it feels like subjectively. It feels like you're trading off <clears throat> pleasure um, against actually satisfaction in life. The other way around, rather, you're choosing yeah. to, to choosing the pleasure option at the and knowing that it's going to be costly to yeah. your satisfaction. Uh, it's I, what, sorry, uh, yeah. And I, I, I think that I think this sort of I, I wonder, I mean, I'm sure the ethicists have sort of thought about this, but I, I think I've got a sense that this sort of sense of morality, the sense of this feels like a more virtuous thing to be doing than this, is actually a, some sort of mechanism that we have evolved to force us to do those things which are actually more long-term beneficial so yeah. you can imagine a situation where well i could just go and scoff the berries from that tree over there it's easy mm. or i could go and hunt an animal mm. so yeah, hunting animals harder it's more oh it's, you know, it's going to take longer yeah. but actually it's going to be more beneficial in the yeah, long yeah. run because we'll also there's more. that sense of uh how you feel at the end of let's say binge watching or something there's that sense of you know when you've been procrastinating it when during it and certainly afterwards where that sense of unease I, I call it the sunday night the antiques roadshow problem yeah it's the <laughs> it's it's because whenever you watch the antiques roadshow this is gonna be about fun. homework isn't it or? yeah and 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 now i when the antiques roadshow theme starts <clears throat> I, I i my gut goes yeah. starts coiling up and saying there's homework you yeah. haven't done Definitely, definitely always sunday night yeah, yeah, yeah. and um 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the um, I think the, the issue of like how we judge. I mean, I think the most virtuous thing everyone agrees is um, to do the thing that you're meant to do and to and to spread it out uh, in a nice, sensible way. So you get given something which is due in six weeks. We all know we have to do one sixth of it each week. Mm. And that's we know that's everyone accepts that's what, you know, a goody two shoes would do. Yeah. And no one no one does it. I mean, no one does that. Um, not even people who aren't procrastinators do, do it like that. Mm. Um, and um, so, I mean, but the, the evidence is that <clears throat> procrastination is really, really common. Like, you know, people do do it all the time. Mm. And it's not something that we should feel bad about or ashamed of particularly. Um, having said that, uh, I mean, I've also, there is, there, there are, I mean, there's, there's evidence that there are people who are chronic procrastinators. So th this is sort of, I've seen some studies that say there's 20% of people are, um, are people who will put things off to the point where it's really destructive. I think this is me. Well, they, so these are, these are people who will put off, um, starting an essay, for example, until yeah. beyond the time when they can conceivably finish it yeah, and no, will either hand Definitely. in uh, you know, almost nothing, um, or will flunk out because they can't. They can't actually get around to doing the things they know they want to do. And I, um, I'm not like that, thankfully. I, I mean, I, I hate hate procrastinating, but I still do it. But uh, but I do get things done, right? So I look back and I go, right, well, that's, I did do that. I'm not quite sure how, but I did do it, you know. Yeah. Um, but some people don't. Some people don't never get to that, and it, it's hugely damaging to their to their life prospects. Yeah. Um, and um and uh yeah i mean so so the i mean the evidence is that procrastinators the and here's the key issue really that procrastinators have lower stress while they procrastinate but they pay for it in terms of much higher stress later on um and uh it's actually weirdly not that well studied procrastination it's only in about the last 20 years that, that academics have seriously looked at it there's loads of self help books well they, out they, there. maybe they just took ages to get around to it <laughs> there's there's loads of self-help books out there. yeah i think one was isn't one called there's one the chimp paradox or something like that and what you pay with there like the stress thing because you got the I, I forget the correct terms you got something called like let's call him the distraction monkey for example yeah and he's the one who's always in your mind going hey let's go and sort of watch uh yeah, videos of kittens tim urban tim urban yeah. yeah and it'll be much more fun and you go okay let's do that um and then the only thing that scares off and there's let's say there's something else called the sensible thing the, the panic monster i think it's so called. yes yeah. the panic monster is the only thing that scares the chimp yeah and that's when your essay is due sort of in you know in six hours and you've done nothing on it yeah i think i hours. think yeah. that there's a tim the tim urban essay which i think i think is now a book it might be the one so you're talking about. yeah i think it must be tim urban then yeah. um on his blog wait but why it's the single best sort of description of what it's like to be a procrastinator I mean, it's not scientific it's not drawing on you know psychological evidence per se but it's a really good subjective description of how procrastination feels and it's exactly like that it's it's a sort of um even though i know this is bad i'm doing it anyway and he, he calls it the dark playground mm. which is the set yeah. of activities you find yourself doing um which you hate you sit there you know like playing a computer game mm. um and knowing knowing that actually this is you should be doing something else and it's and you sit there thinking i'm not enjoying this at all but you mm. keep doing it mm. right? yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the, that's the big problem so look where do we go with here we've just talked a little bit about procrastination we talked about what it is we've talked a little bit why about maybe a little bit about why we do it um but i think one thing that i'm interested in is is this question we started out at the beginning is can it ever be a good thing and is there a kind of procrastination I, i'm not I'm, i 
try this. I mean, you you distract yourself and and it's a form of procrastination. You've got to write that document, but you end up playing the piano. But you do that so much, you start to become develop. You know, your piano skills just go through the roof. Yeah. Therefore, it has become a good thing. Is that possible, or, or or because that happens, does that stop it from being? It's no longer procrastination because it becomes something else. So there's a question in there somewhere. Yeah, and then you um, become a professional pianist, and yeah. you have to practice that piece by next week. But you, and but then, then you, you go on that have, other sort of yeah. roller coaster down. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I guess let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe maybe you have examples, or yeah, take it whichever way you want to go. Do you want to go first? Yeah, Peter? so I think it is possible for it to sort of be good, uh, and I, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and describe it. Uh, example from my own life so so youtube you guys have probably heard of it heard of it yeah yeah um it's kind of always there whenever you search for something on google it pops up so the temptation is immediate and ever present to sort of get stuck into some some sort of superficially uh relevant youtube videos that ends up being two three hours later and you're watching kittens on kittens falling off logs or something yeah um the but the, the but I think I, I I found YouTube to be increasingly useful kind of general research tool and information source. Um, so I, and I the way the way I have done this is I, I've imposed a sort of discipline, a sort of strategy on myself where mm. I will have a curated list of YouTube content creators who are actually informative, mm-hmm. good, and sort of you know well produced. It's not just anything, and I will. Whenever I find myself slipping down the YouTube rabbit hole, I will tr- preferentially try and go for one of those videos that I've not seen yet. So I'm thinking of things like Smarter Every Day, Vsauce, the kind of the usual ones that so you've, you've, you've got a, a predetermined way, a pre. You've got a plan that's of how to head off your yeah, procrastination. Yeah, so, so by having by having and by, yet still kind of satisfied yeah, by by subscribing to those ones, they they're more likely to appear in your feed and um, they're more likely to sort of uh, appear in the sort of playlist. So that sort of saves things. And because they they they're good in inverted commas curators, I'm usually learning something as yeah. well. So I feel satisfied that although this is not immediate the immediate task that needs to be done, it's not inherently all bad because I'll learn something on the way. Mm. Um, so I've sort of, sort of engineered the environment to help me do inverted commas the right thing, whatever mm. that is. Um, so uh, I think it is. So and, I, and so I, now YouTube's now replaced uh, most. I don't read newspapers anymore. If I, if I need if I need tech news, there's a couple of YouTube curators I go for for tech news, and that's all, the only place I really get it. Um, uh, and so just watching the odd YouTube video while I'm supposed to be doing a report uh, mm. is actually me just getting some getting some news. It, f- it scratches the procrastination itch, yeah, but in a kind of in a positive way. way. And I like that, um, just before you come in, Nick, because I know what you guys are about is, and in fact what we do with this podcast about analysis and decision making, well, boom, there you go, right there. It's a bit of analysis and a bit of decision making mm. regarding your own procrastination habits um, to a positive end. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Nick, so to put some put general principles on that, the way I did that, yeah. I suppose you could say I re- reduced the barriers to the inverted commas good things by making them a bit more likely to appear in the feed, etc. Mm. Um, and, and and I also did the opposite, decreasing the, the uh, increasing, sorry, the barriers to the bad things. So mm. if I'm, if I've, if I have a new computer game that's in my Steam library and I'm likely to play it instead of doing something I should do, I'll just uninstall it. Because uh, mm. I can always like, reinstall it later on. But 
just the barrier of that sort of 20 minutes or so waiting for it to download yeah. can be enough for me to actually not do it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I wish I could be, not for the first time, Peter, I wish I could be more like you. There's uh, a, that that's a chimes in with actually a lot of the kind of self-help advice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not, again, not all of it, most of it, I'd say, isn't particularly founded on scientific research, but certainly subjectively, you know, a lot of the things that people advise sound very sensible and, and people report they work. And one of them is reducing the barriers, like mm. Peter says, reducing the barriers to do the, um, to do the, the things that you would normally try and avoid, uh, which would, you know, so for example, going to sleep in your um, exercise clothes so that you wake up and you, that, that small barrier of having mm. to get changed to go to the gym or go for a run is removed, you know, mm. and the and obviously removing um, temptations. So just as Peter's saying, he's uninstalled Steam games if he's feeling overly tempted to play them, you know, re- uninstalling social media apps from your phone, for example, mm. um, now, I, well, the one app that I cannot remove is Reddit. I just, it's, it's just, you know, when I've got 10 minutes, it's the, it's always, it's, it just gives me that, that information high. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, there is a more general uh, problem. And I think something, why, why the internet has thrown this into such sharp relief is because obviously it provides so many distractions for creatures like us who really like consuming information. Mm. And particularly, you know, I mentioned social media, but that's a particularly sort of pernicious form of um of information sort of information temptation because obviously we're also wired to be interested in what other people are doing particularly our friends so mm-hmm. um and 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 of course not wanting to be left out of things all of those combined all those social pressures which before you know 30 years ago if you were stuck at home and waiting to you know trying to find something to distract you from writing an essay you wouldn't have been able to do them Mm. those are things that you simply didn't have access to before now it doesn't mean you're necessarily more likely to write an essay or or indeed you know instead of do the essay write a sonata or solve Fermat's last theorem or something Mm. you're not going to do that instead necessarily but you might have done slightly more productive things Mm. um, with your time you know Mm. you might have done something a bit more creative um yeah so 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 a lot of that's that's a big recommendation that that people give um um okay i'm actually quite surprised we, we've zipped along um there's definitely a question i want to ask at the end but um nick just coming back to you i mean one of the things that peter talked about there was um he's found a way to positively procrastinate what about yourself i mean is there anything can you give me some concrete examples um or do you have similar methods to to, to what he's talked about i i don't i don't I, I don't think it's enough of a problem for me for me to have uh, needed to evolve strategies necessarily about it. But I have noticed, there's certain things which I've noticed um, do make a difference on my feeling of well-being like after I've done them. So forms of distraction which feel good to me. Mm. One, and particularly, actually, the, the, re, the what I get, what I've noticed I, I put off it always is the th- number one thing is writing something. Not emails. That's no problem at all. I don't get. I don't get. I don't have you know procrastination problems about replying to emails or or doing any kind of um, even admin. I don't tend to put off admin. Like I mean, in it, if anything, I try and get it done. I, I enjoy doing it because it's easy. What I put off is having to use I you know like system two bits of my brain, having to think hard about how I'm going to approach something. You know, empty spaces, open questions. Those are the things that I tend to avoid. 
and um but in, but when when i do when i distract myself with things the things that i um always feel better about <clears throat> are where there's a task that gets done right so if i if i procrastinate by doing the washing up at the end of it i can say i have finished the washing up and it's done if i distract myself by thinking i want to write this piece of code that does that thing once it does that thing i've finished or i want to you know practice that piece of music once you've got the hang of that piece of music or go for a walk they're all things that have an end point and when you've finished you go well actually i feel a bit more motivated now and you're more likely to go and you know attack that thing that that was that you were trying to distract yourself from I would say that bad procrastination is where you get sucked into something that has no end. Hmm. Um, you know, you, where you can't say there's a completion. You know, like um, online puzzles, for example, where you can just do one and then another and then another. Or, um, or Reddit, it's the worst. Or Facebook with their, with their eternal scroll. Mm. You know, it's not even a page anymore where you have to click next page. Next page, you just keep going down yeah. um, and, and forever. You know, at no point do you go, right, well, I've done that now. Yeah. Time to get on with something else. And and you get stuck in this sort of um, vortex, you know, where where it just the cost of stopping doing it is always higher than the cost of carrying on, or the benefit of carrying on, you know. Um, so um, yeah, so that's my own sort of personal. What I've noticed is that is that if if I get distracted, the very best thing to be distracted by is a task which can be completed. Um, and, and actually horrible admin jobs are great for that because they they don't involve any kind of high level thought, mm. and and you know when you've done them. Okay. Um, but no, I, I think we, we haven't just, I thought it'd be worth just having a quick whiz through the psych, psychological evidence. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say. Let's finish, I mean... Um, and then we can talk about what the... Yeah, you get your last points in, and then um, and then we're going to wrap up with some fun stuff. So what were you, what did you say this about the psychology? Yeah, so I mean, just sort of, obviously people have um, generated quite a bit of sort of theory about, um, you know, why why we procrastinate. There's a sort of economic framework for analysing it, which is to do with, um, essentially it's to do with having a utility function which is um, very much favours the present, you know, so that a small, a small, um, a future benefit is going to be worth less than, you know, than, than the small cost you have, the, the, what would seem to be a large cost now of having to, you know, make a start on something. So that's the problem of why it starts, stuff. why it happens, right? Yeah, it's almost yeah. a description. I'd say it's not really, an, the, that's not, the economic approach doesn't really say, you know, it's not a causative analysis, but it's just saying that um, this is a statement of the problem is is that we discount the future too heavily. Mm. Um, and and mm. so, you know, small cost, and it's, that, that, it's the same problem that we have all sorts of things like giving up smoking. It's the exact same problem. You know, this one cigarette that you have now is going to be nicer than the, you know, the 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 whatever that future benefit of not of not smoking in the future is going to be. So you're always going to go for the cigarette now, and that's where the dark playground comes in. It's always nicer than the that that perceived effort of of starting something. Um, now, I think the interesting thing, just touching on something Peter mentioned, is is this this question of whether procrastination represents some kind of evolutionary adaptation, and I and I. I suspect it does, which is why it's so hard and so prevalent. Mm. Um, so there's this one, this one study, um, Chen and Chang, who said that, um, well, if you look at the kinds of things that procrastination is correlated with, it's all those sort of things like impulsivity and risk taking, um, and you know, discounting the future, which you know, again, supports the same view that the sort of economic analysis would would uh, would say. Um, but that this is a perfectly viable strategy in the evolutionary environment. That actually, 
favoring present rewards means that you do get those berries you don't go off to hunt hunt the um, mammoth and then you know fail to find it and by the time you come back somebody else has eaten the berries mm. you know so it's it's a the idea is it's an ad, it's an adaptation but like a lot of other you know fundamental adaptations is it we've we've gradually designed a world where that can you know where there's such things as planning for the future and careers and mm. things that didn't exist to our you know hunter gatherer ancestors and so um yeah so that that's it really it's sort of you could i think some people would say it's a farming a sort of farming ethics problem yeah, yeah that yeah, farming yeah. culture has imposed a a kind of necessity to think about the future in a way that we're not evolved to do yeah hence yeah, yeah you know stopping it is hard yeah because it's so fundamental yeah um by the way maybe we should have asked this at the beginning um out of interest how big of a procrastinator are you so from 10 disastrous always sort of always procrastinating essays due yesterday to one your perfectly functioning machine and just get it all done so where do you think you are on that scale uh I'm going to take a Peter. I reckon you're about a three or a four, probably. It, dep- it really depends. I mean, it's a mood and sort of uh, fatigue-driven. Um, if you know you wake up and you sort of didn't sleep well or you're slightly hungover, that will be a procrastination day. Okay. But if you sort of wake up motivated or have done a bit of exercise in the morning, yeah. then you f- then I find it much easier not to to avoid it. It's just a general sense of this much easier to park that stuff. Say, oh yeah, I'll watch those YouTube videos, but I'm going to do it later. I think you're generally. Um, I'm sure you're. You're probably like a three or a four. Yeah, on average, probably three or four. Yeah, Nick. Well, yeah. No, it's interesting. Peter said that because one of the sort of conclusion of the psychological research is that it's not a productivity problem. It's not a behavioural problem. It's a mood problem. That the reason people procrastinate is because they are trying to repair a negative mood, and they're doing it with the first kind of thing that comes along, whether it's eating a cheese sandwich or you know, doing something, but just avoiding. So it's essentially that people have a mood, a, a kind of negative attitude towards task, and they fix that through things that are kind of pleasurable in the short term. And and so it, it makes a lot of sense that mood uh, has a big impact on the extent to which you do it. And that's certainly, definitely the case with me. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, you know, if I'm, as Peter says, I, I can only, I can only start things in the morning yeah um i i really uh, you know i have to make sure that other annoying things i have to do are out of the way um you know if it's the afternoon is that's when i'm going to procrastinate yeah i've got to start something in the afternoon i just can't do it um so you want about six i know because i know because actually i still don't think this answers the question because if it's about moods but some people are more prone to moods and yeah. uh to to emotional disturbance mm. than others um what, what are you then a six or well, seven yeah, I mean, I, I'd the afternoon thing is Nick. that I, I think, I think I'd, I'd rate myself. I don't know if this is part of the issue. I'm not trying, not trying to avoid the question. I'd <laughs> think I'd rate myself like a six or a seven. Yeah. But I suspect that proper procrastinators would think I was more of a three or a four. You're just an amateur, yeah. Because I do get things done. I mean, yeah. things do get done, and, and I think partly the fact that I hate procrastinating so much is probably why I get unduly anxious about it and why yeah. I do try and make yeah, sure yeah, I'm yeah. not doing it too much. And I, I think there's a I think there's a sort of a wider sort of wider tip that, you know, if you're unless you're chronically procrastinating, just forgive yourself. Because 
You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to sort of, oh, you know, had I not been procrastinating in my 20s, I could have achieved so much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, then, you know, you you had a good time. And you might have had, yeah, you might might have had a miserable life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I reckon I'm about a nine and a half, I think. Yeah, but but at the same time, you've still done things. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because I know that... You get things done. I mean, the podcasts get edited in time and stuff. They do. Um, Yeah, and I know there are some people I know who think I'm really go ahead and get stuff done i certainly don't think that about myself and i think maybe that goes back to what you were saying peter about being easier on ourselves um well right. no i mean actually that's that's what a lot of the advice i would say sort of the high quality advice the advice that's based on actual studies yeah. is and I, i'm not really sure what it means but it but giving yourself forgiveness as peter says um and um self-compassion apparently people yeah. who are more self-compassionate more forgiving of their own foibles are less likely to procrastinate so so that's that's good i mean but maybe maybe sort of being rating yourself more highly as a procrastinator is is part of that it's like saying yeah. well you know yes okay i'm a yeah. nine but you know maybe I've i just need to deal with maybe it. i just needed to give myself a one and yeah. i'm just happy with yeah. that just, even though just I'm be a, just be a utilitarian moral, moral relativist and everything's fine i've always driven to be that whatever yeah. that is um okay um by the way there's a phrase you used earlier on i really liked which was information temptation yeah information temptation i like that yeah. yeah um listen um look just to finish off we're actually way over time yeah i'm intrigued to hear about people's worst if you can identify your worst ever bit of procrastination and um what that led to um who wants to go first peter yeah i'll go first so uh, confess confess say confessions of a procrastinator yeah. so um it's not any one particular sort of thing I had to do or piece of work I had to hand in or something, but around the early twenties, uh, my career, my career aspiration was to join the army and mm. I, and I, uh, suffered injuries while training in the army. Mm. And I think so partly I have the suspicion in my mind that partly I wasn't ready physically mm-hmm. to join the army mm. because I spent, uh, I did, I was training and I was you know cycling and running and swimming and trying to get fit. But there was always this nagging feeling that I wasn't quite doing enough because I was still going to the pub with my mates and <laughs> having a good life and you scumbag and just sort of just yeah just doing too much boozing and yeah. not 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 really taking it seriously enough and I think had I trained a bit harder I wouldn't have suffered the injuries that I did. But then you wouldn't be here today. And I wouldn't be here today. You'd be some major stuck behind I'd be, a desk I'd be some like yeah be some past over colonel yeah. <laughs> yeah okay okay good no nice um actually my one goes to my early 20s as well which is interesting uh nick yeah well i i my life is absolutely full of tasks that i sort of feel like i ought to get on with i mean my intray is way way bigger and this is my own psychological intray it's way 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 bigger than i could ever achieve in my life right because mm. i think oh it'd be great to do that someday and i've just learned to live with that you know i've got loads and loads of ideas about things i'd like to do and i just i could you know i can i can do about maybe one tenth of them realistically um so so but but i think every task you sort of take on and don't finish <clears throat> sits there on it's like an open tab in a browser it's like, it a, it's like a weight around your neck. It it's is. like an open wound. And, and the one that I think I, I'm conscious of, of it really having bothered me was when when I was working as an economic advisor in MOD, I went for this meeting with well, there was one other economist and some guy from the um, oh, depart, the procurement team, mm. the, the procurement area of, of mm. uh, MOD. And he like wanted us to do this study 
into the into the how you could measure the value added i think of mm. like of like what the procurement people were doing and whether or not smart procurement was going to add value compared to something else and um you know we talked about it and i thought well yeah it sounds kind of kind of interesting and it could be quite a major bit of work and uh yeah and then um and then uh, you know i sort of thought oh, i really ought to get started on that and i think we ex- probably exchanged a couple of emails but there wasn't a really a task. There wasn't a kind of, we need this done by this certain deadline. There was interest in it. And, you know, I had loads of other things to do. And then weeks went by and months went by. And it, eventually I just completely ignored it. And, mm. and, and it, you know, it went away, right? Mm. Now you might think, well, that's not a problem then. But it so still, far, so to, okay. to this day, it bothers niggles. me that I'd said I was going to do this thing and I never got round to it. But it, but that's like, because um, it would it would have been quite a major bit of work and, and but I just didn't deal with it. And I, I would now. I would, you know, within, if if it was sort of two weeks, um, three weeks that I'd left it and I was supposed to have done something. There's no, these days I just say, look, I, you know, I think this is going to be a bit challenging. Um, you know, is, do you need this by a certain amount of time or can we put it off or should we agree to revisit it? I would deal with it now. Yeah. And it really bothers me that I just let it sit there doing nothing. I, I've got to, let's just do it. Like, let's, let's smash sure. it. do this and yeah. deliver let's, it let, to let, him. Yeah, let's do, let's do a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll try, or, or, or a blog post and then just, just then hand it to, hand it over to him and say, sorry, it's a bit late. Uh, I've been doing some thinking. <laughs> and your years of suffering can come to an end. Yeah, let's, yeah. Just, let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember what it was or who it was for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so mine is when I was in my early, uh, early 20s. Uh, no, I'd been about 1920 and at university. And by the way, I come out of this It was story. 1920 and <laughs> you were at university. Okay. Yeah. I, and I come out terribly. In no way is there anything about this that is good about me. But I had hit upon this wonderful scheme at university where um, every week we had to read out our essays in a tutorial. Okay. Um, and it was usually one-on-one. And the person in the year above me was a brilliant theologian and really good. Remind us what crappy university you went to. So this was at Oxford. And and so I got on quite well with this bloke in the year above me. And I said, hey, listen, I can't, I, didn't, I probably didn't phrase it like this, but I was too busy that summer playing football and just running around and chasing girls and all that kind of stuff. And so I said, hey, can I borrow your essays and I'll sort of make notes off them? Um, and he said, yeah, sure. So he lent me all his essays um, and he was in his final year and um all his essays that had been handed in and marked no because you don't they don't get marked you just read them out and right, then you discuss these them. weren't essays that that he needed to hand in at some point no right um but they were important um yeah and so and the inevitable happened which is i think i started out by copying them out then couldn't be bothered no so instead of taking notes i just started copying them out and then and then just started reading his essays in 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 the in the tutorial um and i'd be reading and i sometimes I'd, i didn't even bother reading them beforehand i just sat down and read them in the tutorial um and then just and sometimes i couldn't even understand his handwriting and just couldn't it was got quite embarrassing but i just could not be bothered because i was lazy yeah anyway at the end of term it was time for me to return them to him he wasn't around so what i did i put him in his locker okay and then come the new term the summer term um where are my essays um and he couldn't find them because they'd been thrown away by the cleaners okay and so we'd established that his essays had been thrown away at which at which point you think well that's bad but, but he luckily was... someone had copied them all out well no yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um 
so how it worked out was he was still okay with me he said listen well what can you do what can you because i need to revise i've got my exams final exams coming up what what you need to do is can you go and find another theologian somewhere in the university and get the essays off them and so i've at least got something to work off and i said yeah yeah of course fine i'll do that and essentially never did and this went over sort of weeks really of him getting more insistent with me and me going no i'm definitely going to do this and actually carried on through a holiday i'm or really something. infuriated with you yeah on his behalf okay yeah and he and it got to the point where he was just so and, it, and we were actually i bumped into him somewhere else and we were near another theologian we knew and he was saying look do it now just i find it funny that they're all theologians somehow <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but also the weird thing is he was actually he wanted to be a rock and roll star this guy mm. he was a bit of a rocker um Anyway, the upshot of it was was I don't think I managed to get anything for him. He ended up absolutely hating me, yeah. and he was on course to get a first um, at the end of at uh, the end of university. And thankfully, he did get a first. Oh, so the, in the long run, <laughs> it, all, it was it all, all fine. Out, yeah. It was all fine. Well, maybe I mean from a theological perspective, perhaps you were, you know, you were put there as a kind of trial, and well, and and he then had to overcome that trial Quite. and he was better off as a result exactly that i'm what buddhists call one of life's teachers <laughs> yeah. you know if you and the rest of the world calls an asshole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah so that guy to this day he's never yeah he, that guy really intensely dislikes me let's see if we keep that in all right um yeah we'll finish there Thank you, as always, for listening to the to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye.